How are you guys doing? And welcome over here to the channel. If you guys are new, please do me a favor and subscribe. It's I know it's really difficult to subscribe. You just got to hit that button. If you want to know when videos go live, hit that notification thing, the little bell right next to it. It'll tell you every single time a video goes live. We are doing live streams as well that go along for like 12 to 15 hours every single day, pulling feed directly from Ukraine. I do know that Russians, uh, the Russian military that is, is staging for another offense all the way through Ukraine. That is something we're going to talk about today. And it is kind of something I think everybody does see it. So with that being said, we're going to look at some maps. So this is the map you guys know and you've seen multiple times on this channel. I love this map. It's done me really well over this the, the last couple of weeks. The problem with it is, is they don't update it enough. It's not updated. So I decided to do my own. So here, like right out the gate, like this isn't right. This whole area isn't correct. This area is all right. This isn't correct down over here. So with that being said, I did create my own. I'm going to be utilizing both of the maps so you guys can see. And then how I created my map is I've literally taken... A ton of a ton of open source intel I found all over the internet, literally, all from from maps alone, and and built these ones out. So they're kind of the kind of the same deal, except now you can actually see the defensive positions around Kiev, the exact locations, not down to a T, but kind of the idea. And then you can see the actual areas that the Ukrainians hold. Do you guys see these big blue areas? These are the areas they actually control. Now, on those other maps, it doesn't show you that well. You can actually see the Russian front, which would be this red line, and then you can see where the Ukrainian front is as well, along with really held this little arrows. Those arrows you see are going to be the defensive positions, really fortified defensive positions. As you can see around the town of Mena, over here near Sumi, I've driven, I, I've drawn this one, I've driven, I've drawn this one up so many times over the last two weeks. So that's pretty much that. I mean, we have it over the entire area. Here's our Kiev going down. All I mean, I, I've done a lot of time on this. If you guys do like this, let me know. We're going to be using both the maps clearly, but out the game, I'm going to tell you guys right now, Russia has actually now asked China for military equipment to help support its invasion. White House officials have stated their biggest concern is the fact that Beijing may undermine Western efforts to actually help the Ukrainian forces defend their country from Russia. With that being said, I don't think that Beijing's really going to do it. And I, I, I mean, they may, I don't know, but I don't think they're going to do it. I think there's too much economic strain that will come on the country if they do do it. The amount of ties that they have with us and the rest of the world when it comes to shipping and actually making product for the entire world. Imagine them having sanctions put on them. I don't, I don't see that actually being the case. Unless they just think, you know what, this is the time to go after Taiwan and America. Then we just join pretty pretty tight bond and partnership, I guess you would say, with, with Russia. I don't know why I just said partnership really weird there. <laughs> it was weird. A really tight partnership with Russia, and they may do it. I don't think they're going to do it just because it'll be such an economic strain. But with that being said, they wouldn't be messing with Taiwan if they weren't worried about it either. I don't know. We're going to have to play this one out. I know they're chatting today as I'm making this video. Beijing and Washington are talking about this. Ukrainian air defense system actually shot down a Russian cruise missile just over Kiev this morning. The remnants you are seeing fell inside of a, a neighborhood, Kuringvika. Uh, I actually have footage from the street camera that actually took of this, which is kind of crazy of it actually impacting. No one was injured, so don't worry about that. Uh, there was clearly, it clearly could have been a lot worse. There was a lady like walking her dog and randomly, the, the, yeah, just, just see this. So it is estimated that 2 million people have actually stayed inside of Kiev. And the, the Ukrainians have actually stated, the government stated that they have amassed enough food and water to last another two weeks. Because I told you guys about that southern route, which I could show you right here on my handy-dandy map. You know what? I'm going to go over to the one I built. I'm going to go over to this one right here. So you guys see right here, they had defensive positions set up on this eastern side pretty heavily. Now that being said, this whole area that comes out of the south has been 
Freedom movement for, for everybody coming out of Kiev, right through there. So they can come in and no one is down there messing with them. So they've been moving supplies in and out through Kiev that way right there. You know what? I kind of like this map. I kind of like that. I'm going to go ahead and erase that, though. So there's, there's what I'm talking about. Man, that does look pretty clean. I like that. You guys got to let me know in the comment section what you guys think about this. I like it. I like it. I think it looks pretty good. Anyway, so you guys know that Russian missile strike that actually happened yesterday in Yavariv? It was a training center that was actually... It, it's, it's, a, it's the one that we do a lot of our training in, the Americans, that is, and, and NATO forces that train the Ukrainian forces and foreign fighters to go in and actually fight in Ukraine. That's, that's where they've been putting all these foreign fighters that have been coming in. They house them, then they put them off to wherever they're going to go. Now, that being said, I think the goal of this airstrike is, was more of a, a political than anything. I think it was more to discourage the influx of foreign fighters to actually come into Ukraine. I actually have video, some more video footage of the aftermath, because the one we showed yesterday was, was good, but this one is great. So here, enjoy this aftermath footage of this. Now, I don't really know if this is really going to deter any foreign fighters to come in, and which is somewhat ironic because they're trying to deter them and they're saying that these people are mercenaries when, in fact, Russia has, has literally set up, like, this is, like, listen to this. They have set up 14 recruitment centers in Syria right now that are recruiting from two Russian proxy Syrian Arab units, those being the 5th Corps and the National Defense Force. They currently have recruited 1,000 Syrian mercenaries to fight in Ukraine, with 400 of them already arriving in Russia to be moved down. Isn't that kind of crazy? They're like talking so terribly about these foreign fighters coming in and fighting for Ukraine when, in fact, they set up 14 recruiting stations down in Syria. Like, all right, come on, bring them on. Go ahead. We'll ship you guys off. We have a plane, like, which is kind of funny is we actually showed you guys a plane that took off from Moscow and landed down there and picks them up and then turn around. Like, ah, goofy. So goofy. Anyway, Russia and Ukraine talks are currently on pause until tomorrow. The delegations took a break to clarify terms from clarifying terms. Excuse me. The fourth round of talks will be starting in the morning via video call. I don't really see anything actually coming in of these for the fact that if you got to think about it, Russia has done so much damage to Ukraine as of right now. Ukrainians are not going to allow them just to, you know what? Just here, you can keep the areas that you take. We'll lay down our arms. We won't join NATO. And just, just make sure you don't attack us in the near future. Yeah, you really think that's going to happen? No, that's not going to happen. And the other thing, uh, Zelensky has been talking about they're going to have to pay for all the damages they've, they've made in Ukraine. Like, we're talking, this is billions of dollars worth of damages. Like, this is real. So, <laughs> this be like literally billions of dollars worth of damages the Russians have caused over the last couple of weeks. Do you really think he's going to allow them just to, you know what, you can scot-free leave? And they've been shut off from the rest of the world. They're going to be, for, for how many years? Who knows? 10, 20 years? They're going to literally have an iron curtain. They're not going to be able to do business with the rest of the world. Do you really think they're just going to go in there, lay down arms, and not take over that entire country, and then push forward? I don't know. I don't, I don't see anything still coming of these talks, mainly due to the fact that I, Russia has not had a win in, in Ukraine as much as they would like to think. They don't have any of the key cities they need. Literally zero of them. They've taken Melitopol and Kyrgyzstan, which just so happen to be very close to the area they already controlled for the last eight years. So there's that. So Ukrainian forces actually did a counterattack on the northwest side of Kiev and retook the town of Moshushan. So as you guys know, I, I, it's, it's just about right here. So I'm going to put a little dot so you guys know. They just retook that area back from the Russians. I do know I talked about this one the other day that they had actually taken it back. And then the Russians took it back. It's been kind of a back and forth in the northwest side of Kiev. Most of the, the, the fighting though, has been over here near Bravery. 
this area right there. But as you can tell, there's a large defensive position set up on that northeastern side, and they haven't been able to push through. This is the same route that the Russians tried to come down the other day and absolutely failed. They actually got they had to tuck their tails and run. I will say, just inside of Hostomel, which is right here, as you guys do know, this is, this is something we talked about yesterday, but the Russians actually lost a pontoon bridge. The Ukrainian forces actually did a, an ambush yesterday and actually took out an entire pontoon bridge. That's kind of a big thing because we talked about them actually utilizing those pontoon bridges to then get across All right, the, the river. We talked about that, and they were actually going to be utilizing. I don't really know why that one would be down on this end because we talked about them actually using them over here on this northern side to get across right there. So I don't really exactly know why they'd be down over here. Maybe... I don't know. I really couldn't give you guys maybe maybe through here. Maybe they think they can use them right there. But other than that, I don't see why they would have a pontoon bridge down there. Unless, okay, here, here's probably what it was for now I'm thinking about it. Probably one of the blown up areas that they've already done in this region. One of these bridges that was already taken out. Not really to get across the river. I had to backtrack now thinking about that. Yeah, something I would assume they probably were using, utilizing it in one of the creeks or streams or something right through there to get across. That makes a little bit more sense. So honestly, there's operational pause in this area that the Russians have taken over the last 48 hours in this area. They've really taken over the last 48 hours. I believe that it's actually helping the Ukrainian forces quite a bit. They've been able to, to, to fortify their defensive positions inside of the city itself and on the outer-lying suburbs, I guess you'd say, because this is going to be nothing more than urban warfare as we know. So them fortifying these positions is going to make it much more difficult for the Russians to actually push through. And I do not believe the Russians are just going to come through and shell the absolute piss out of this city. And the reason why I'm saying this is because there's been there's still two million people living inside of this thing. Do you really think that they're going to be able to come through and just drop that much munitions and wipe out the entire city and no one's going to say anything about it? No. They're not going to do that. They're going to have to come through and ground and pound. Now they may wait till they get some of these Syrians on the side, but I don't think you can add a thousand Syrian fighters to the mix here, and they're not going to do very much. They really need the Russian forces are going to have to utilize what they have on the ground currently, and the the biggest thing they lack is actually like real experience. The most experience they've had is the last fourteen days when it comes to actual urban warfare. They haven't done it since World War II. Like I'm trying to think of a time. I I don't recall the last time they did some actual real push through an urban area. I guess you would say the 80s in Afghanistan, but it's nothing like this. I can promise you, I can assure you that there's no buildings in Afghanistan like these ones. So what I think these Russian forces are going to have to do is push south and then east and then up through the southern side of Kiev. That 100% is going to have to happen. But that being said, at the same time, the Ukrainians are going to notice that's going to happen and they're going to end up pushing their forces and then shifting. They're just going to continue to shift is what's going to end up happening. So I think that the biggest thing is, though, they have the Russians, for the Russians, that is, they have to get through that southern side of Kiev and also cut off the supply routes that are coming in from the Ukrainians themselves that is coming up through the southern side like this. That's, that's one thing that has to happen for them to actually have a, a chance at taking this city. So we're going to shift east here. As you guys can see, here's Sumi. So I want to actually annotate for you guys. So the route that these, these Russian supply convoys have been taken, so here you go. It's this main road right here. Comes up, so there's one of them. They do peel off right here, something like that. And they have been taking one that roughly goes around, which is kind of crazy. So you can see these main roads, but it's it's roughly about like this, okay? And that one also has peeled up. Now, that being said, look how much, this is why they're getting ambushed so much. Look where these Ukrainians can actually peel off and hit them all the way through here. Like, you can see all these areas right here. They're getting ambushed all the way through. And one of the largest... Areas that's, that's defensive position-wise is right here in Priluki, and they can actually push up and hit them at all times. So that, that's what I'm saying. So this route that I'm saying, these black lines you're seeing, these are the two 
routes they're having to bring supplies in from the eastern side into Kiev. And now you have an understanding. Let me look at this. They can hit them everywhere on this route. This whole route is Russia's biggest concern, <laughs> north northeastern side of Ukraine. So just out of just outside of Sumy in, in this town of Okrutia, as you guys see right there, they've been shelling it. The Russians have actually shelled the power plant there, and the town is currently without heat or power. I know, once again, I said to yesterday that the high was going to be in the low 20s there this week. I know a lot of you all have stated that the cold is, cold is not that crazy. I know there's a lot of you guys that live in apparently Antarctica or something that are in the comment sections. I have no idea. Uh, but I get you guys can take on a polar bear with your hands and, and one blindfolded and all that. You guys are crazy, but you guys got to think about it. I'm mainly talking about the civilians there. I mean, think about it. They're going to be stuck inside this area. They don't have heat. They don't have power. They don't have food or water supplies coming in. They're constantly being shelled. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a mental strain on them. So that was kind of a it was kind of a strategic thing for the Russians just to take out the power plant in that area, knowing that it's going to be super cold over the next, I mean, the next week in highs in the upper, or excuse me, the lower 20s and the lower teens, that's fairly cold at night, especially think about kids. Like that's 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 going to put a strain on the civilians inside of that city. So the Ukrainian general staff actually think there's going to be a major assault on Sumy over the next few days. As we do know, they have moved a lot of their troops out of Kharkiv, which if you guys don't know where that's at, is just southeast of Sumy, which is right here. So they've actually, the Russians, that is, they moved a lot of their troops out of Kharkiv and back over here towards Sumy. They've also moved a lot of their troops, by the way, just going to throw this one out there, out of Kharkiv, and they've been rotating them into Kharkiv, Alabelagrad. So we know that the Russians do stage up there in Belgrade. Well, actually, I, I went way past it, but there's Belgrade right there. Did you guys see that X? They've been moving troops in and out of Belgrade to replenish them in Kharkiv. The biggest worry for the Ukrainians is in this, in this eastern side is actually severe Nidesk right here. The bigger areas inside the eastern side that's going to be the one of the more causes for concerns for the Ukrainians is if they lose severe Nidesk here in Izium. See, I'm back over here in the bigger map because I'm going to show you guys something here in a second. So down over here, it's almost completely surrounded, but it's heavily fortified on the northern side and that southeastern side. So as you can see here and here, all right. If they take severe Nidesk, they can actually have free movement to get down to this route and then push north to Slovenas. These main routes, see these yellow lines, this is another reason why I like this map, is you can see the main routes they will take. That being said, if they get through there, they're going to push through this and then take Izium. Izium's been one of the main holdouts right now that the, the Russians haven't been able to actually push all the way through. If they do get through Izium, let's go ahead and clean this map up real quick. Say they get through Izium, they can actually push through the backside. So as you guys are looking at it, you guys can see this from both angles, which I'm going to clean this up. Say they push through here. All right, they get through there, then they can push through that. Now they push through this side, they can push through Slovenask. In this area right here, if they can get through all that, I promise you guys they're going to be moving all the way east. So then they're going to take these routes, and they're going to go over to Dnipro. All right, with that being said, Maripool. Maripool is one of those areas that we can see on this map has been heavily contested since the very beginning. They have not been able to push through. The Russians will not be able to get through Maripool on the ground. It will not be a thing. It will not happen. I don't believe it's going to happen, at least. There's no way they've held off this long and they've done nothing but constantly shell them. They've tried to push through and they've done nothing but repel all the attacks. Right now, Maripool, every single avenue of approach that goes in there, every single key terrain feature is held by the Ukrainians and has been held since the very beginning. That being said, I'm not saying that they can't shell them into oblivion, which they possibly could, or they can starve them out. That could be a possibility. But as of right now, there's no way and no, no, there's actually no way I actually see them pushing through Maripool with an assaulting element. But as we go down this line, you guys can see the defensive positions that they have currently set up. That is the Ukrainians all the way down this southern side of Ukraine. You can see the, the northern 
area, I guess the front line of the Russian forces as of right there. The red is clearly what they control. Dnipro is going to be next on their list if they can get through these areas. These are pretty heavily fortified areas. Zapsarsia right now has been heavily fortified, as you guys do know. I mean, look how many line of defenses they actually, the Russians, is they have to move through just to get up there. I mean, look at all these. All those main roads are currently heavily fortified leading into Zapsarsia. So we're going to move over here to Mikolaiv, which is just right here. And you guys can see I've got a couple things set up. Nikopol is 100%. I mean, they've got that southern side all the way defended off. I don't think they're going to be able to get through on that waterway. I don't really think that's going to be a thing. But over here in Bashtanka, they've tried to push through there. As we knew, that did not pan out too well for them. And Vozanesk over here, that's one of the areas that's heavily fortified as well. They tried to push through to try to find some routes across this river, the Bug River. They've tried to push through. They've done some probing operations. That is the Russians. They've kind of actually stopped a little bit in Mikolaiv. They've had their teeth kicked in over the last 24-ish hours trying to do house-to-house urban operations. It's not panned out at all for them. And the Russians, that is. They've been doing nothing, no good there. So they've actually stopped and they started doing probing operations, trying to push through to find a route to get to the backside of Mikolaiv. That's what I've been talking about for the last three-ish days. They can get through that backside. It's going to be much easier to actually push through. And then one of the reasons why they need this, it's a main route into Odessa. So I'm going to clean all this up. So if you guys are new, Mikolaiv, if they can actually push through, will be a main route into Odessa, which is down over here. So Russian ships, here's Burn Odessa right there, as you guys do see. Russian ships have actually started to enter the harbor over there, as you guys can see inside of this photo. They've also captured a Ukrainian patrol ship, Koretz. The ship was also apparently abandoned by Ukrainian Marines a few days ago. I don't really count this as a major win when it comes to like, gaining this ship for the Russians, but I believe this is going to help them when it comes to getting supplies in and along with being able to stage inside of this area for a possible push onto Odessa and or Mariupol. So I have told you guys that Melitopol, as of right here, so this big square, I think is a hub that they're going to be staging to push troops east and push troops, excuse me, push troops west and then push them east. Now, Bernie didn't ask, this whole area right here, it's not really an Odessa push, but more, I guess, for Mariupol, which you can't see here on this map. Let me see. This is why I'm going to have to utilize this other map. So here's Bernie Dask right there. This can allow them to actually then push and then come on this backside over there. They're not going to be able to use it for Odessa, clearly, but... Bernie Desk is 100% going to be used for Mariupol. Now, we have seen ships actually on the outside of Odessa. They are still thinking that this place will be taking an amphibious assault here in the near future. The main thing, the main reason why I believe the Russians have paused and done an operational pause, one, in this area, weather. Weather's been a big deal. They haven't been able to do a lot of stuff due to weather. Inclement weather. They need the sky to be clear. They need to have air superiority. Over the last week or so, it's been really cloudy, really snowy, really rainy. They don't have air superiority if it's cloudy. They need to have clear airs, clear skies, which they will have over the next week. The operational policies you've seen inside of this country have been due to a few different reasons. Weather, logistical issues, getting their teeth kicked in. That's pretty much it. That is pretty much it when it comes to the update for today. I'm going to tell you guys over the next 24 to 48 hours, depending on how these talks go, I don't see them actually going anywhere. With that being said, this is pretty much the actual situation that's going on in Ukraine. It will change. I expect a push on one of these cities over the next few days. So I do hope you guys stick around and stay tuned. I do love you guys. I am out.